Amen. Well, I just wanted to say up front, uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. It's good to see you all today. We're going to pray and jump right into this one. So, Father, we do come before you today, God, just in humility, asking for you to speak to us today, to speak to our hearts, God, just to reveal your truth to us in a deeper way. I pray that you speak to each and every heart, God, and each and every heart that's, that's listening right now, God, I pray that you would pierce through every darkness with your marvelous light, God, that you would illuminate the truth in us today and every day. I thank you that you are moving in power in our midst. I thank you that you are moving in power in our families and in our communities. God, I thank you that the Prince of Peace has come, which means we can have and access that peace in our lives. So God, we thank you for that. We thank you for every good gift that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a quick word, and I actually told her I wanted to release it afterwards, but I sat down, and the Lord said, no, we're not going to release that afterwards. We're going to release that right now. So I'm going to be very quick to obey, if that's okay with y'all. Um, Jessica, come on up. She had a word impressed in her spirit that she wanted to, re- well, the Lord told her releasing this morning, and the Lord made it so quick in my spirit to say yes to that. So, Okay. Um, so I'm sitting over here and just praising the Lord, and God says that he is... He is turning on the gas lamps into this house. And we are going to be the light into the darkness. But he says, make room for more chairs. Bring in more chairs because he's bringing the nations into this house. There's going to be healing and restoration in this house. Amen. She has no idea, but there's a word coming forth about that. And I think that's why the Lord wanted that to go forth first. Praise the Lord. I love when he does that. Thank you. So uh, as we've been talking about in the past couple weeks, Christmas time is beautiful and it's full of wonder. It's full of joy. Like I said, even the world gets caught up in the moment. They get swept up and doing good deeds that maybe they wouldn't have ever done, throwing change in a bright copper kettle or being warm and neighborly, just spreading joy and cheer. Now, hopefully from last week's message, we've established that Jesus is the Jewish Messiah who has come. And this is a time where we celebrate and remember how his birth fulfills all of these prophecies. Now, one of the things that this season is known as is the season of light. So I want to talk about that today. Why is that? What is it about light that is so significant to this time of year? So the first thing we're going to look at today is when God speaks. We have to start this message back at the very beginning. You can learn a lot of things in scripture and in life when you look at the start, at the foundation of where things originate from. It can help set the stage, set the tone for everything else that will follow. Even if you look at any good book or movie, the beginning may actually set a scene, set the tone to give you some clues, maybe some foreshadowing of some things that are going to pop up later on. And then when they do pop up, everything clicks and it's like that aha moment. Oh, that's how it all ties together. But where do you think this all started? God, the creator, the master storyteller was the one who established this long ago as he laid out the greatest story 
ever told. Now, one of the methods that is used to actually interpret scripture is known as the law of first mention. Basically, the first time you see something in scripture, it actually sets a precedent that helps color how you see those same things throughout scripture. It helps kind of set things up for us. So what I actually want to look at today is how this carries great weight and understand what's going on. So we're going to start today the first time we actually see God speaking in scripture, which is going to be in Genesis 1-3. It says, then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now that's a very short verse, but there's actually a lot of information. If we actually break this down that we can pull out of this particular text. The first thing that jumps out is that God said, that tells me that God speaks He communicates. Now, you can't communicate unless you're alive, which means he is the living God. It means that he has a voice. He has a mouth. But what's the point of speaking if there's no one to hear your voice? So that tells me he always intended to have a relationship with a people who would be able to hear his voice. Now, the next thing we see is what he actually said. It's very short and to the point. Let there be light. It's written in the form of a command, which also tells me there is authority behind God. Now, this version, I pulled this from the Tree of Life version, has an exclamation mark, which, you know, it may or may not mean much to you, but to me, that implies some urgency, some emotion behind it. We know that God has a will. He has emotions. He's not just creating things just to go through the motions. There's actually some, some emotion, some, some point and purpose to the things that he is doing. Now, what is it that he actually says? Let there be light. We see right away, light is going to carry great weight and significance in the heart and mind of God. Light will be one of the main themes that we see woven all throughout scripture. It's imperative that light exists and enters into the world. Now, light can represent and symbolize many different things. Goodness, truth, wisdom, righteousness, holiness. But it can also represent fire, love, passion. Truly, all good gifts come down from the Father of light. Now, the last thing we see from this all-important first statement from God's mouth are these beautiful four words. And there was light. So what does that mean? That means when God speaks, things change. When God speaks, something happens. When God speaks, there is a response. We see right from the beginning, what God says will come to pass. God has a will and it will be done. It actually happened. There was no light. He said, let it be. And then it was. That is the God that we serve. I believe this first statement is actually very prophetic and it reveals the most important theme. You see that his light is going to come into the world. It's all in there from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation at the final amen. It's all about Jesus, the Messiah, the light of the world. So as we're looking at this today, keep in mind, it's always darkest before the dawn. When you look back at the time leading up to Jesus' birth, There really wasn't anything going on. It was a time of great darkness for like 400 years from the prophet Malachi. 
There was no revelation. There was no clear prophetic words coming out. Spiritual darkness was covering the land. So look with me at Isaiah 9, 1 through 7, where the prophet was actually looking to the future time when the light would finally come. Now bear with me as I go through this, but there's going to be some key verses that you'll see pop out. But there will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish, for with judgment comes the promise of salvation. In earlier times, he treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt. But later on, he will make them honored by the presence of the Messiah, by the way of the sea on the other side of Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Verse two, the people who walk in spiritual darkness will see a great light. Those who live in the dark land, the light will shine on them. You, O God, will increase the nation. You will multiply their joy. They will rejoice before you like the joy and jubilation of the harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil of victory. For you will break the yoke of Israel's burden and the staff on their shoulder, the rod of the oppressor, as at the battle of Midian. For every boot of the marching warrior in the battle tumult, and every soldier's garment rolled in blood will be used for burning, for the fire. Verse six, for to us, a child shall be born to us. A son shall be given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, Prince of peace. There shall be no end to the increase of his government and peace. He shall rule on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from that time forward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. So this is a prophecy looking forward to the time when the light would come. So that leads me to my second thing today. The light has come. Of course, with it being Christmas, we're going to look at some scriptures today when the light came into the world roughly 2,000 years ago. And as we said last week, everything about Jesus' birth is supernatural and miraculous, including his birth announcement. So we're actually going to pick up in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 today. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how could this be? Since I do not know a man. And the angel answered and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that holy one who is to be born will be called the son of God. 
Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. I love verse 37. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed. We see here that God sends an angel to Mary to announce the coming child who would be the light of the world. The child would be conceived supernaturally by the Holy Spirit inside of her. But again, look at the first thing that the angel Gabriel actually says. He says, rejoice. He's declaring to her and to the rest of the world through scripture right up front that the appropriate response when the light of God comes into the world is to rejoice. Rejoice means to be glad, to take delight, to make joyful. And we see this theme woven all throughout the birth narrative as well. Rejoice, glad tidings, joy. It's even the basis for many of the Christmas carols and songs we sing at this time of year. It's a cause for great joy and celebration. You see, when the light comes, it pierces the darkness. It literally brightens everything up. It's supposed to make something that's cold feel warm. It's supposed to make something confusing become made clear. We know that one of the main things that Jesus came to do was to destroy the works of the devil, who is the ruler of the kingdom of darkness, because he is invading and setting captives free and taking territory back for the kingdom of light. I believe this simple word rejoice is actually a prophetic indicator for us today. Let me explain. The enemy has pulled out all of the stops this year in trying to keep God's people oppressed, depressed, rejected, bound, stumbling around in darkness. I would say he's even overplayed his hand in some of these overt attacks to try to discourage and depress God's people at every turn. But if the people of God would remember the simple truth when the enemy comes in like a flood, even in the midst of great darkness, right in the middle of confusing situations, when we're faced with things that we've never ever encountered or even heard of before, there is a great light on the inside of us and we can rejoice. We can focus on the kingdom of light and rejoice that we have been set free. We can have great joy in our hearts knowing that God has spoken and he has already declared you are highly favored. The Lord is with you and you are blessed. Now remember, if God says something, it is true. He cannot lie and it will happen. The angel was just a messenger. He was delivering the words that God gave him to speak. If God says you're highly favored, it doesn't matter what lie the enemy tries to speak at you. When other people lie or try to make you feel disrespected or disregarded, remember, God has already pre-favored you. When the enemy or people try to come in and make you feel like you're all alone or that God's completely forgotten about you, remember, God has already predetermined that he will be with you. When the enemy tries to put curses on you, remember God has already decided through Christ to pre-bless you. We need to remember the light and hold on to that when we go through seasons of darkness and we can still have great joy. Now look, this was a really crazy thing 
to happen to Mary. Okay. Think about it. If it was you and an angel just came into your room and started taking, you know, you all through these things of all the great marvelous things, God's going to work through your whole life. I mean, you'd be probably like, whoa, wait, what's going on? I'm confused. You need to like slow down. You'd be in awe too. But we can all learn from Mary. It doesn't matter if we totally 100% understand everything that's going on. We're not going to always understand. We're going to have to take a step in faith. And I love that she did just as according to Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 when she was confronted with this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. You see, there's great faith involved in the Christmas story. We have to have faith in what God speaks, trusting that it will happen. We don't have to understand every detail or how it's gonna come about. We have to trust in the one who says it, taking him at his word, believing he will bring it to pass just as he said he would. So let's pick back up in Luke chapter two, verse one. And it came to pass in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went out to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Everyone say, it came to pass. I love how this passage starts. It's going to happen just like God said it would. God can move the pieces into place and shift things into alignment for his plan and his will to happen. It looks like from this passage, it's actually uh, Caesar, a pagan king, wanting everyone to be registered probably so he can get more taxes, you know, whatever. So it looks like man is actually making plans and deciding things on his own, but God is actually using this to get Mary and Joseph into the right city at just the right time. Do you really think that Mary and Joseph would have chosen to make this journey to Bethlehem with her being fully pregnant and ready to actually give birth? Of course not. Do you think they would choose for their child to be born outside and laying in a manger instead of the comfort of their own home? Of course not. But prophecies have to be fulfilled. And God knows how to get them into that right place at the right time so that the light can come forth. Now, what you may not be seeing in your life is that God may be having to move some things around in your life in order to position you so that you can get ready to birth something that needs to come to pass at just the right time. You may not understand the season where you're at right now, but that may just be that God's trying to get you into position so that 
prophecy can come to fruition. It may not be comfortable. It may not be convenient. It may not be what you have chosen, but God is working all things together for your good. Just like Joseph, he would not have chosen to be betrayed by his family, thrown in a pit, sold into slavery, thrown in the dungeon, but he had to get positioned so that he could take his rightful place and fulfill his prophetic dreams. Someone say the days were completed. While they were in Bethlehem, I love this, the days were completed for her to be delivered. You see, there is a set number of days for times and seasons, and you might feel like you've been stuck in a season for way too long. It's been way too hard. You feel the pressure. It might feel dark and hopeless, but I want you to remember today, there always comes a time when the days are completed and you will be delivered. That ought to make some people rejoice today. In the fullness of time, at just the right time, there will be deliverance. The light will burst forth into your life and usher in a new day of new beginnings. Now we're going to pick back up in Luke 2, verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things pondered in her heart. Then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. You'll notice there's lots of angelic activity leading up to and during the birth of Jesus, which again should show the significance of this monumental world event that has taken place. I want you to imagine just for a second how the night sky must have lit up in front of these shepherds. Scripture says that God is the father of lights, that the angels are described as heavenly lights, and we know the glory of God is described as brilliant, shining light. So this night out in the field must have been blinding, like blinding light right in front of their face as they are praising God in the highest Again, all of this is to show and point people to the light of the world who had finally come. You see, it's all about the light. Jesus said of himself in John 8, 12, 
I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. And again, in John 12, 46, Jesus declared, as light, I have come into the world so that everyone who trusts in me should not remain in darkness. The light has come, which means we can see clearly now. We can have the light of life. We can have fullness of joy. We don't have to stumble around in darkness any longer. We don't have to be content living under the weight of sin and shame. And the third thing we need to look at today is that the light grows brighter. The light shines on. It continues to grow. It continues to spread, to multiply, to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Even when the world gets darker, this is the chance for the light to shine brighter. So let's look at what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 14 through 16. He said, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. Jesus freely shared his light with us. Then he sends us out into the world to share his light with others. I want us to focus on this today, the essence of the light. Now, remember, this is written in biblical times. They didn't have generators sending electricity through power lines into people's houses to turn on light bulbs, okay? In order to have a light in your house back then, in order to have a lamp, you got to have some oil, and you got to have fire. That is the light. Oil is the fuel that feeds the fire. So my question today, how oily are we? You'll notice several times in scripture, the symbolism of the Holy Spirit with both oil and fire. So how full of the Holy Spirit are we? How full of his fiery presence are we? How much are we manifesting the fruit of the Spirit in our lives that produces good works that people can point to and see that there is a God? Think of how hard it is to have a fire with no fuel, with no oil. You've got to have oil and you've got to have fresh oil. It's like getting your oil changed. You need to get refilled with this fresh oil from God. He wants to release fresh oil upon his church and his people. So don't be content with running on old oil or no oil at all. God wants to give fresh oil, a fresh anointing, a fresh outpouring of his spirit upon your life. And look, when the lamp runs out of oil, you got to put in the new. That oil may only last through the night. We've got to be constantly replenishing that oil and making sure we're staying filled up with the Spirit. We can't live off Sunday's oil on Wednesday. We got to spend time with Him and refuel each and every day. How do you keep the fire burning? Keep the oil flowing. We can't make a difference if we're not being renewed and refilled with His Holy Spirit every day. We can't claim to be Christians but walk around with no oil 
no fire or no light shining out of our lives wherever we go. We have to spend time with the Lord of light so he can light us ablaze so that we can go out and light other people ablaze. We are the light. He's made us the light as his representatives, but we have to shine his light as we stay in tune with his Holy Spirit. We have to stay connected to him, not just once in our life, not just once a week on Sunday, but every day connected to his spirit. The Bible teaches pray in the spirit at all times. Therefore, we need an oily church. We need an oily people because that's going to make the difference in our light. We are called to be the light in the dark places, but to shine our light, we got to make sure we've got some fresh oil. So maybe we need to reignite the flame today. Maybe we've neglected it or even let it burn out. Maybe we haven't spent time with the spirit and we need to let him fill us to overflow with the oil we need to sustain that fire in our lives. Maybe we need to replenish that oil today. What might need to change or shift today in order for your light to shine brighter for his glory? I encourage you today, ask Jesus to baptize you with the Holy Spirit anew, with fire, just like at Pentecost, and activate that heavenly language. Build up your spirit, man. Burn brighter and let that light shine. We are the kingdom of light, and the kingdom of light is always advancing. The more we let the light shine, the more people will see clearly and turn to God and glorify him for themselves. The faster his glory will spread across the earth, the sooner we'll be able to see the fulfillment of the prophecies when King Jesus will come back to earth again to make all things new. When God first spoke, let there be light, There was so much power in that one statement that the world is still feeling the effects of those words today. In every way possible, God is our light and our salvation. He is the lamp to our feet and a light to our path. He has called us out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. So this Christmas season, I want us to intentionally focus on the light. Thank God for the light of the world. Rekindle and build up that light in your own life and then let it shine out to help others see. That's the message of Christmas and the scripture. Let there be light. I want us to agree with that word today. I want to end like this. You are the light. So make sure whenever you go anywhere that you are full of holy oil, that your fire is burning hot and bright, that you light up everywhere you go with the spirit of the living God, that you light up your families with the Holy Spirit, that you light up your communities with the spirit of God. Whatever place you go into, you shine out the spirit of God into those dark places and minister and help people see the light of life. You are commissioned to carry the fiery presence of almighty God with you wherever you go and to release light and truth and healing and wisdom and love and power and grace into the world. Jesus said, as the father has sent me, so I send you. He came as light, so he sends us out as light 
too. So again, I want us to agree with what God says and agree with what heaven has said today. Let there be light. I want you to declare that today over yourself. Maybe it's a situation that you're going through. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a sickness or something that's coming in some type of darkness that the enemy has been trying to bring or surround you with in your life. But I want you to rise up today and declare and partner with this word. Let there be light and declare light and truth into that dark space. So God, today we come before you and we agree with this word. We partner with what you are saying, what you have said originally, God, in your word, let there be light. So every place of darkness now in our lives, in our families, in our church, in our country, God, we declare the truth of God's word. Let there be light in that situation. We say light come now in that situation. Illuminate the darkness in that situation, God. Illuminate our minds to understand what the spirit is saying in this hour. God, I thank you that you are making the light go off in people's lives who are unsaved, God, who have not seen. I pray they see the light for the first time, that it awakens them, God. It awakens them like the dawn, that that light is bright. It is blinding and it changes their life like Saul. It changes their life, God. I thank you that you're breaking forth, God, that you're doing a new thing, God, that that it's the, the bright morning star, that it's coming, God, to bring a new day, a new beginning, God. You're making all things new. We thank you that you're making things new in our life, God. So I say, let that light break forth into our destiny, God, into this next season that you're leading us into. We thank you for that today. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for your spirit that leads us and guides us, God. God, ignite that fire in us today. We ask that you would fill us with your spirit again, afresh to overflowing God, to overflowing God. So it spills out everywhere and catches everything around us on fire. We thank you for the fires of revival, God, spilling out out of our lives, spilling out out of this church, God, oil that's on fire, flowing like lava all around us, God, catching everything ablaze for the glory of God. So we thank you, God, for your glory coming now. Now, invade this space, invade our lives, invade our hearts, invade our families, God, now and forevermore, God. We don't want to ever be the same again. God, we don't want to ever let that fire burn out. We want to keep that fervent fire burning bright and hot until you come back again, God. I pray that we would be a people that would be able, you'd be able to say, well done, my good and faithful servants. God, let us, let us be found serving you and let our fires be burning bright like those virgins, God, they, they, they were prepared. They had their oil. They had their lamps. They kept it burning. They didn't fall asleep. They didn't get lazy, God, but they were burning bright and they were ready for you. So God, let us be ready for you today for what you want us to do. Let us not miss a thing. We don't want to miss a thing of what you're doing, God. So give us ears to hear and let us be quick to obey, quick to listen, quick to obey, God. Thank you for your light. Thank you for your light. God, let us not forget this week. It is the light. It is the light. It is the light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.